I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this edition of our 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's program, Adding Agronomic Service to Your Precision Business, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. As always, I encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. If you have another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll make every effort to get it included on our list here. And also a reminder that subscribing will allow you to get an alert about upcoming episodes when they're released. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations, grow opportunities for your customers, and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Well, when it comes to structuring a precision department, I think most dealers would agree that there's no singular way to do it. Scope, resources, objectives, demand all factor into a dealership's development of its precision farming business. An emerging piece of the organizational puzzle for a dealership's precision business, though, is agronomic service. Still a niche service area for many dealers, there is growing momentum as they try to decrease reliance on hardware and create more sustainable revenue sources. While there are multiple ways to deliver agronomic services, we found that about 20% of dealers who responded to the 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Benchmark Study utilize a staff agronomist. An advantage to this approach is that nearly every agronomic decision farm customers make will be carried out through a piece of equipment, says Devin Dubois, Vice President of Integrated Solutions at Western Sales in Canada. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Edge, Devin details the dealership's development, execution, and analysis of its agronomic services platform, utilizing an in-house agronomist. The best thing I can think to do is to share sort of our story uh, of, of what we've done in our business. Um, and it will differ a fair bit, I think, from, from how things have evolved with, with dealers in, um, in sort of the Corn Belt and U.S. Midwest. Um, but I hope there are some, some useful takeaways um, that, that maybe, you know, you might think about uh, in, in sort of the, the heartland of agriculture here in the U.S. as well. Um, so... A bit about our world. I come from a six-store uh, John Deere dealership in West Central Saskatchewan. Uh, West Central Saskatchewan is um, basically, if you if you go to Montana, uh, go sort of straight north of of the uh, the eastern portion of Montana, uh, you're going to get to our region, maybe uh, 160 miles north of the U.S. border. Kind of that's where our AOR starts. Um, but you know, our type of farming is is dry land. It's small grains and oil seeds. Uh, and a lot of legumes, lentils, peas, chickpeas. Um, 
so it's big acres. Uh, most of our customers have, you know, our, our small customers are 3,000 acres. I would say the bulk of our customers are around 5,000 acres, uh, but we have a growing portion of our customer base, maybe uh, 20% of our customer base that's maybe 15,000 acres or more. Um, so these are big, big farms, big producers, big geographic space, um, but it, but it's sparse because we're not producing as much on, on the same same piece of land that, that you would produce down here. Um, so it, it gives way to a, a different type of, of industry and things have evolved a little differently and how uh, some of the, the ag services, both how, how input products are sold, uh, spray applications, liquid applications, this type of thing. It, it's just, it's slightly different in how that industry operates. Currently, we offer a a full suite of precision services out of the equipment dealership. Uh, we do it ourselves. We have agronomists on staff, um, and uh, and we can do everything from from selling and servicing our equipment uh, straight through to writing prescriptions um, and and actually providing agronomic advice. Um, we are not the only ones doing that. We have some uh, related dealerships in, in, in Manitoba and in Alberta, the neighboring provinces to our east and our west, who've adopted the same model. Um, we call those services FieldSmart. Uh, we've, we've branded them. We've got a, a particular piece of software that our agronomists use to, to deliver that. Um, and, and that's the model we, we chose. The reason we ended up doing this was, um, it goes back now, more than six years, actually. Um, basically, we had a customer who was an, an early adopter. Um, I, I know a lot of the precision ag talk in, in sort of North America is really based around planting, um, corn and bean planters. We do no corn and beans. So our seeding procedures are all, all based on uh, air seeders, air drills. Um, so big gear, you know, over 60 feet um, with, with big carts, over 650 bushels most of the time. We're getting into to regions now where we've got manufacturers who are building 100-foot 100 um, foot drills and 1,300 bushel cart behind it that has six separate tanks in it. So it gets to be kind of a, it, it's a behemoth, this whole seeding procedure where we are. Um, but we had an early adopter customer quite a long time ago who had variable rate technology uh, on an air seeder and went to an independent agronomist and said, you know, um, yeah, I want to do this variable rate thing. Uh, the agronomist wrote the prescription, uh, took it back to the machine, plugged it in. Well, it didn't work, right? Um, so there we had a customer who paid an independent agronomist that paid us a lot of money for this machine. Uh, the customer was sitting in the seats and, and, and the agronomist and, and, and us were, you know, sitting on either side, pointing the finger at each other. Um, and the customer, frankly, is pissed off. Uh, they want this thing to work. So that was our eureka moment. We thought, you know, we are supposed to be machine experts, but really, um, if we want our customers to have a seamless experience in the operation of this equipment, we need to become experts in, in this, this realm of uh, precision agriculture. Um, so we just went ahead and hired that agronomist. Um, <laughs> we sat down and, and convinced him that, you know, maybe there's an opportunity here to, to build something. Uh, he agreed. He came on board and, um, and now we're rolling. In our operation, we've got six agronomists uh, in our neighboring two dealerships in, in Alberta and Manitoba. They both uh, are around that range of, of six agronomists as well. So, 
you know, it, it really became our, our eureka moment that, that virtually every agronomic decision your customers are going to make is going to be carried out through a piece of equipment. Um, it's that deployment. You, you can make whatever decision you want, but it's going to run through a machine at some point. Um, and the same thing, in order to assess or measure those results, you're really going to be looking at machine-generated data. Um, so in our mind, it became so fundamental that, that most of this precision ag space is going to uh, begin and end at the machine again. Now, there's a lot that goes on on the backside when you pull that data up and look at it, and there are other sources of data. But, but really, it's fundamental that so much of this is running through the equipment uh, that we weren't really comfortable putting that in the hands of somebody else. And we thought we should be in this space um, and, and make ourselves available to the customers uh, in order to do this. So, you know, like I say, we've been at this now for, for close to six years. Um, and initially the thought was, well, you know, we brought an agronomist in. And so we brought in someone that we thought could speak the language of, of uh, soil, um, of prescription, uh, and, and that's what we would just sort of paste on the top of what we do. So we've got this person available so that if we have customers who are buying higher end equipment, we can do this. But it became obvious fairly quickly that, that the development of the technology, the sort of the rapid pace of the development of the technology uh, was driving us into this space regardless. Um, you know, whether we had a technician out that was, that was you know, uh, installing a, a monitor for a drill or, you know, somebody's coming into the store to talk about dirt with our agronomist, our dealership was now involved in a full spectrum of services that drifted from sort of the purely mechanical all the way into uh, sort of the purely agronomic discussions. Um, and somewhere in that space is this, this grand gray area where you have decisions or services or advice you're providing to your customers that's really about mixed sort of ag agronomic issues and mechanical issues. Um, so I, I kind of tried to pick some examples here. Um, you know, something that's purely mechanical, uh, setting the timing on a seed or sectional control. So you have a goal that you, you know, you want a, a particular shank to turn on when it, you know, when it hits a particular line or turn off. Um, and of course, there's, you know, there's this issue of, of delay through the system um, and, you know, the reading of the GPS and, and, and everything else. It's a mechanical function to make that work right. You know, you can do it again and again and, and you adjust this, adjust that timing until it's right. Purely mechanical. Um, but there are other things that happen on that drill. You start talking to the customer about packing pressure, uh, setting the packing pressure so that, you know, the dirt is packing properly over top of the seed. Um, how much packing pressure? You know, you can dial a number in on the drill, um, and, and that's sort of a mechanical function, but if you get outside and look, is that the correct packing pressure is invariably the question the customer is going to ask. To me, that starts to drift from the purely mechanical, as in I've, I've put this number on my dial, to is it right for the seed agronomically? A technician, a mechanic, is not trained to offer that advice. Um, but traditionally in our industry, we were sending mechanics out to do this, or we had salespeople sitting in the cab doing this. Are they trained to offer that advice? <laughs> Not really. Um, then you can drift into something that's you know purely agronomic that we, we would all recognize as agronomic, like seeding rate. Um, how much seeds should I put on? So we've got this gamut, and, and 
and I think for equipment dealers, uh, the technology is pushing us into this agronomic realm. Whether, whether you, you know, whether you're comfortable with it or not, that's what's happening. Uh, this equipment is complex. When we started this six years ago, um, you know, we were splicing all sorts of wireless data transfer devices into the cab to try and get the data off to get that rolling. I mean, there, there's every manner of headaches and you guys know all of those, I'm sure. It's the technology has improved. Uh, you know, as, as a deer dealer now, this stuff is coming on board our equipment. It's just, it's just there. Every piece of equipment we sell has all of this. It's got telematics. It's got the auto. It's all there. So, you know, what do we end up talking about with our customers in the cab? What do they want to do? They want to figure out how to properly use uh, these high-end, I guess what we would call high-end technologies now that's really standard technology. Uh, they want to know how to use it better. Um, and in my mind, that, that's, that's becoming agronomic. So, um, you know, even the little things like sprayer nozzle selection. How do guys, how do customers determine what sprayer nozzles to use? I'll tell you how they did it in our stores. They'd come in, they'd go to the parts counter, and they'd say to the parts guy, which nozzle should I use? <laughs> I And the guy would say, well, most people are buying this one, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll buy that one. Uh, this is a pretty big agronomic decision now. Um and, and who do we have making the decision? Well, we have a parts guy who really has zero agronomic training in most circumstances. I'm not saying they're not smart guys. They've been around the industry for a while, but this is about droplets and, and application. And it, there's so many things that, it, anyway, to me, I think, geez, this is a little bit silly. So, so we did, we banked on agronomists. If you're straying into the territory, and I mean, maybe this goes to my history is, is, is my prior career as a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer anymore, so don't hold that against me. I, I guess I am technically a lawyer, but I'm not a real lawyer anymore. I don't really lawyer much. Um, but you know, if you're drifting into that territory of agronomic advice, you gotta be careful. Um, and and instead, of, instead of being afraid of it, um, we thought, well, we better step into it and embrace it. Let's get the experts on staff so that we can have these conversations, have them comfortably, and start to give our customers the sense that we're actually delivering something, that we're paying attention to what they need. So what's profitable? So we got these agronomists, right? And then the initial thing was, well, this guy's going to do prescriptions uh, for the people who want it. Uh, this, will, this will be good. Eh, turns out, you know, six years ago, that was a few early adopters in our region. That growth has been slow in that uh, precision sort of uh, prescription fertilities world. Um, it's been slow. Uh, we've made a bit of revenue, uh, but we're not getting wealthy off of it. We were not. It's been slow growth every year. Um, but what people started doing, our customers started coming in and just asking for stuff. Could you scout? Could you scout my crop? Could you scout my fields? People seem to have a comfort with coming to talk to our agronomists because they felt they were getting a, the straight goods. Um, we weren't selling them fertilizer. We weren't selling them chemical. So when they were, you know, the customer was really interested in really, should I spray? Should I spray for fungus? Do you really think so? They started to come into our store because they wanted to talk to our guys because they knew our guys weren't selling them anything. Well, you know, we had guys who would sell them green equipment if they wanted. But, you know, in that moment when they were stressed about whether I have fungus or not and should I spray, is it worthwhile? Well, they were happy to talk to the guy who wasn't selling them the chemical. So this just started to happen and we started to get more revenue from, from scouting. So our guys said, yeah, sure, I can scout. Uh, we'll put a program together, start charging for it. Pretty soon our, our scouting acres, <laughs> our scouting revenue was outpacing our prescription revenue, sort of our original intention for getting into this game because that's what customers asked for.
so it is a recurring source of revenue. Um, it, it's good for our relationship with our customers. They like coming into our store to talk to our agronomists, to have them out in the field, to talk about what's going on. But it's our least efficient source of revenue. Over the years, we've found that um, it, it's expensive. Like I was explaining before, we've got a huge geography, um, potentially 7 million acres for, for six guys. We are not going to scout this stuff properly. Um, it, it's expensive. It's time-consuming. It requires a ton of travel for our guys. Um, it takes them out of the store. It makes them less available uh, to, to customers. So we weren't really high on it as a business, but, but we were kind of stuck with it because our customers were asking. When we look at the numbers, our, our prescription, seeding prescription, fertility prescription development is, is far more efficient. It can be done throughout the year. Um, our efficiency and effectiveness improves over time on any given piece of dirt. If we get the dirt in the system, uh, we do it for a year, we do it for a second year. By the time we're doing it for a third year, we know quite a bit about that dirt. We're pretty efficient at dealing with it and we can generate pretty good results. Um, and it's also possible for one agronomist to handle a lot more acres uh, because they can spread out this work over the year. One of the interesting things is that you know once you map this piece of dirt, uh, it's in the system. That first year is really where it takes all, all the effort, all the time. After that, the efficiencies just increase, 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 and your effectiveness seems to increase. So we're really pushing for the RX development. We're starting to get more traction on it. Uh, we did some really, we, we tried some interesting things. We did a, a two times ROI um, guarantee, effectively telling producers that we think uh, we will... Um, we will, you will generate by, by using our variable rate services enough revenue that it will be twice the cost you've paid or twice the fees you've paid us um, for the service. So that, you know, we wanted them to believe and understand that we were trying to generate real value for them. We'll get back to the discussion in a moment, but I did want to, again, thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Listening to Devin's thoughts so far, he candidly acknowledges that the dealership, in his words, banked on agronomists to develop a new part of their precision business. This required a commitment to become experts and proactively convey both need and value to farm customers. And he also notes that adoption and profit growth have been incremental, but steady enough that the services are justifiable and establishing credibility for the dealership as an agronomic authority. In an industry that thrives on relationships, strengthening trust and confidence in precision proficiency is certainly an asset, especially when economic times get tighter. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Devin on how the dealership 
is separating itself from the competition in the agronomic service space. One of the things we've been up against is in our region, our farmers have had a very profitable uh, five years. Um, I don't know if you guys know this in the Midwest, but we keep saying it on the uh, Canadian prairies. We're, we're actually the new Midwest. <laughs> Climate change, it's nice. It's been a little warmer for us. It's been a little wetter than it normally has. Uh, so, you know, if desertification is happening in some place in the Midwest, um, you know, we feel like, I don't know, maybe 20 years down the road, maybe we'll be growing corn. But uh, in the meantime, we've, we've had good years. Our farms have been profitable. They've been less inclined to spend dollars on something where there's a, they think maybe, you know, a minor marginal return because they didn't need to. It was just, you know what, screw it. I'll just spend five bucks more on nitrogen and I'm good. Um, and it was hard to argue with them because they were, they, they were profitable. Um, we kind of had a slightly off, a lesser year last year. So I think more people are thinking about their marginal returns because for us, we're not just about pounding out yield. I mean, it's about economic performance, right? So you want those people to make dollars. You want to find the sweet spot on every inch of that field where you you maximize the customer's gross margin. Um, and that's not always about jacking up yield. It's about how do you, how do you stretch that gross margin? Um, Here's what we've done most recently, because like I say, we've had moderate success. We're, we're generating revenue, but we're not getting wealthy off of this. Uh, we think there are returns in the dealership, um, but, but that's difficult to measure. The spinoffs, are, are people happier with our product? Are they happier with our dealership? We think so. Um, we got to do a better job of measuring that. In the meantime, to drive demand for the service that we think is best for our customers, that we are the most efficient at delivering, which is really the fertility program, the RX, we started our own precision farm on 1,200 acres. Um, so what, we, what we're really driving to do is to test the efficacy of variable rate seed and nutrient application um, using full-scale equipment on full-scale fields uh, with the service, the very same service that we're selling to customers. Let's find out if it works. Um, so we've had year one with that. Uh, this is our producer, 74-year-old uh, farmer. He was really ramping down, had a 35-foot Borgo air drill, uh, uh, an 87-series four-wheel drive tractor. Anyway, instead of letting him ramp down, we ramped him up. <laughs> we put him in a 76-foot drill with sectional control and a 750-bushel cart. We put all those screens in his cab, which kind of freaked him out. Um, and, uh, and we measured the hell out of this dirt. We measured the hell out of it. And... and um, not only that, but we built control systems, right? So we have control plots, uh, control strips that cross every management zone and every field. Uh, we're doing this for five years and we share the results publicly. Um, so our results are available if you go to our website, westernsales.ca or um, the Western Ag Research Project, wordpress.com. Anyway, in year one, it's, it's fascinating. The data when you start digging into this data, you realize how rich it is, how many variables are involved, all the things you can see. The question, are, are we winning? Did we improve anything? Um, I, the answer is probably. Um, <laughs> there, there are clearly some areas where you can see our agronomic decisions about seeding and fertilizer clearly created some significant gross margins. Other places, pff, appears to have no effect. Um, so, you know, what, what do we need? Well, it would help if we had more data. Man, if we had even one year of 
uh, geospatial yield data from this land, we would know so much more about what's going on and know so much more on what to do next year. Uh, that being said, the results are there. Uh, we can show improvement in some, some places. We can show that our agronomic decisions made a difference um, in making more money because that's really what it's about. And that's one of the messages I think a lot of customers are missing. They always want to talk about yield, 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 yield. Yeah, yield's important. The question really is, did you make money? If you're, if you're not doing this to make money, then, you know. Um, so the other thing we're looking for is, and that I'm really starting to recognize is that um, our agronomists are doing more than just crop scouting or developing prescriptions. These guys are in the cab all the time. If customers have a question that's really about their production, about what they're doing, they want to talk to our agronomist. They don't want to talk to the sales guy. They don't even, I mean, sometimes they would talk to the part guy, the service guy. They want to talk to the agronomist. So our agronomists are spending a ton of time in cabs. Um, they have become the default experts definitely on seeding. These guys have to be familiar with the, the systems, with the controls. They are our seeding experts. Our manufacturer, Deere, is really pushing us to get into equipment optimization programs, which I don't know exactly what that is. They don't seem to know exactly what that is. Um, but when I look at what our agronomists are doing and how they spend their time, there's value there that we're not capturing. So in 2016, we're putting together a plan. It's pretty much in place um, to start capturing the value our agronomists add is optimization specialists. Uh, these guys will sit in your cab and help you figure things out. Whether it's seeding, mostly, is where we need this and where we do it. We just need to start charging for it because there's value there. And our customers have pretty much admitted that they would pay for this. Um, but it also, direct injection sprayers, uh, they scare the hell out of me. I, you know, send a mechanic out to set up a, a, a direct injection sprayer, so be it. But man, oh man, you are talking about some serious agronomy when you get concentrated chemical on the back of these things. Very simply, I, you know, I, like I say, we're having some moderate success. I don't claim to know the answer in this space. Technology is evolving quickly, but here's what we've done. Our formula is pretty simple. It was to understand and develop the expertise in cutting edge technology and processes and be prepared to deliver it. So what is the industry, what are the, the absolute advanced guys in the industry doing? Do you understand it? Um, two, deliver what they're currently demanding with an eye to earning their trust to deliver more complex and higher value services. Did we want to get into crop scouting? No, no, we did not. But people came through the door and were asking for it. So we delivered it and we've developed those relationships and we're starting to get some other business out of it now. It, it, it seems to be seems to be working. Three, look for the value in your precision staff are contributing to your customers and your business and try to capture it. Our guys are, are equipment optimization specialists. They are. So we just need to do a better job of collecting that. So that's the story. Um, I agree with putting an agronomist on staff. I'd say, you know, you got six of them. How do you, the liability, you have insurance out there in case yeah. they screw something up? You know, basically what we had to do was um, separate our insurance packages. So we have general liability insurance for the dealership that we've always had. But anytime you add a professional of a particular class some you know professional that's that's legislated in in your state or your province um then and they're giving professional advice um your general liability insurance is, is is usually not going to cover that so we had to get uh uh professional liability insurance errors and omissions whatever you want to call it for each of the agronomists on staff um but it, it's kind of a custom policy because 
we said, well, yeah, we need to cover their advice, their activity, um, but we want those policies not payable to them, but payable to the dealership. So anyway, there, there, are, uh, there are insurance companies and underwriters out there who will do that. Um, certainly, ag input suppliers and co-ops are in that circumstance. That's kind of where we went to when we were doing this. Uh, we went to a, a local input supplier and said, how do you insure your guys? Well, I, I don't know, but here's our insurer. And so we called them up and, and fair enough. So we actually do have two different insurers. Our general liability insurer was not accustomed to that, uh, but it is something to be mindful of when you bring professionals into the dealership. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, a you can send a, a tack out, a, a you know, a, a certified, a, a journeyman technician, um, they they cannot give agronomic advice um, and, and should not give it. If they give agronomic advice and, and, and something goes wrong, you are, it's your your dealership, man, it's on the hook and your insurer may not pay. They may say, what what's going on? Why? Um, but, you know, now having those agronomists on staff, um, it, you know, it, it kind of, it, it pulls us up. It pulls us all up because we have people on staff who can speak to that. And we've got the proper insurance coverage in place in order to, to cover those decisions. Because, I mean, we're kind of straying a little bit here, but, you know, it's it's going to be, it's it's becoming an interesting world where, like I say, there are these decisions that are really mixed, pieces of mixed advice. Are you offering agronomic advice? Or are you offering technical advice? Uh, and dealers are in that position. It, every day you're in that position. And when something goes wrong, you know, who's who's pointing the finger at who said what and who did what and who was supposed to do what? Um, it's it's a it's becoming a complicated affair, I would say. And, and it's not always clear uh, those lines. Well, it's rarely clear what those lines are, who's doing what, who should be doing what. Um, so it's something to be mindful of, very mindful of. And like I say, I, we took, it, it's a big leap, but we took that leap. We said, look, and if we're playing in this space, let's just make sure we're, let, let's, let's go. Let's, let's get in it. And, and now we're in it. So, you know, if something screws up on, on one of our cedars or one of our customers, something goes wrong in their planting or in their application, uh, it doesn't matter. If, if it's our customer, we are doing, we know we, it, you know, it's on us. Uh, but we had, we can say we had the proper people doing the the, the proper thing. So, uh, to our Canadian attorney, <laughs> <laughs> you have the agronomist or equipment optimization specialists. They're out there, and they're obviously learning things as they're out there that they might pick up that the others might not have learned yet. How are how are they? sharing that information so that you have consistency with that team. So if they end up talking to another one of your customers, they're, they're really on the same page every time. Uh, you know what? It, I, I wish I could say there was some, some master plan that I had implemented that is ensuring this is all working effectively, but that I, I haven't, it's kind of happened organically. Um, and it's it's working reasonably well um, on its own. I think the way things have happened, these are you know you hire these people in 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 Canada, um, in especially in the prairie provinces. Ag agronomy is a legislative profession, so I know there's certified crop advisors 
seems to be, you know, sort of a designation that, that, that a lot of people are using um, in, in other parts of North America. Uh, we actually have legislative profession um, in, in our provinces, agronomists. And you cannot, and, and it's a limited scope of practice. So only an agronomist legally can give agronomic advice. Um, so we have hired, um, like I say, six people, and these are fairly professional people. They, you know, these are all uh, college, university degree people uh, who have a professional certification afterwards. That the long and short is that these these six people in, in our group, and, and same really with the other two dealerships who are doing this. Um, they they handle themselves well in a professional manner. They communicate well together, um, and it's really, you know, it's not a lone wolf culture. It's not like each of these individuals is out there to uh, eat what they kill in terms of customers and billing and everything else. These are dealership employees, and they have a significant base salary um, in order to be dealership employees. And I think they in some ways have chosen this environment over working for an ag retailer uh, where a lot of times their compensation is tied to product sale um, or being an independent where, you know, they're just drifting around in a half ton, um, you know, trying to convince somebody that they know something. So they get the security of being in the dealership. Um, and in return, they are very sort of professional and cooperative in the way they approach things. And they just organically and naturally share information with each other. Uh, not only that, but they're a significant aid to the service department and working out glitches in the, in the control mechanisms, you know, in all the equipment. So it's just kind of happening. And I, I wish I, and you know, maybe it's because we're the right size, you know, we're not too big yet. We've only got six of these agronomists they've got um you know there are other what you would call i don't know precision employees or what used to be ams um in the dealership our guys work they just again they just kind of organically work together to support each other i you know and kind of on that and you know dealerships have ended up in a weird place it's kind of a historical accident it seems to me where you had an ams department or an is department or a precision farming department right we're in the same position um when I look at it now, you know, sort of in retrospect, it seems kind of silly because we're, we're beating ourselves up over how do we bill for this? How do we generate revenue? You know, the IS department is always sort of the whipping boy. You know, you guys need to make money. Um, I, you know, what do we do? Well, we're talking about, well, there's a bit of hardware here. You're selling controls, displays, whatever, um, bubbles. They're just widgets. We have a widget department. It's called parts. Um, you know, well, but you got to install it. You got to make sure it's working. You got th this, you know, we have a department that does that. It's called service. This is just service. Um, you know, so, you know, we're kind of starting a drive to start to push these things into the places where they belong in the dealership anyway. Um, you can't drive a new sprayer without a display and we've never sold a sprayer in the last six years that doesn't have auto steer on it. I mean, it's, it's just part of the equipment. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, as a dealership organization, we start to reconfigure how we account for all this stuff as part of the problem so that we're, you know, if you're selling widgets, you're selling widgets. If you're servicing widgets, you're servicing widgets. We've got a sales force that sells stuff. Um, but what we, what I think what we need to, to do, and like I say, we're starting to get a handle on that, is 
okay, what other professionals do we need to add to the dealership in order to support the customer experience when it comes to using this equipment or implementing sort of high-end agronomic decisions? Um, and, and that's a people thing. Thank you, Devin, for sharing your experience and results developing an agronomic service program. Those listeners who would like to see more of Devin's presentation mentioned during the program, please visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com podcasts. And once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast series on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. And again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a ring at 262-777-2441. And a reminder, you can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Finally, a reminder and invitation to attend the second Precision Farming Dealer Summit, which will be held on January 9th and 10th in St. Louis. The theme of the dealer-only event is Proven Business Blueprints, and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. For more information, visit www.precisionsummit.com. Well, I hope that you join us again on September 15th for the next episode in our 2016 podcast series, Taking the Pulse of Precision Ag's Growth Potential, where we'll share insights and comments from companies and attendees on the grounds at this year's Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa. For Devin Dubois, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.